tonight uh, you have me once again. Sorry about that, got me all week, so we'll just get through it best we can. <laughs> um, of course, the first night we talked about the, uh, the condition of the world, both physically and spiritually, a time leading up to Noah. Uh, we talked about Noah and the things in which uh, led God to pick him and uh, the maybe the uh, all the trials that he went through in uh, preparing the ark. And tonight we're going to be talking about the ark itself. I think we are. Yeah. Let's see here. There we go. If I could get my left and right. There, yeah, ark. There we go. I thought that's what it was, or or we'll have to wing it once. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be talking about the ark uh, tonight. Now with the exception of, I guess, of course, creation week itself, I think this is perhaps uh, one of the greatest events, the, the event surrounding the flood and the flood itself, um, that, uh, that there is. Um, when you think about all that took place around the ark, around the flood, you know, that's even talked about today with, with geologists, with uh, uh, astronomers, with paleontologists, with physics. There's even uh, applied sciences of, uh, sciences of uh, engineering. They all discuss this event in one form or another, of either trying to disprove it or trying to prove it or uh, even discussing the different parts about it. So it is a, a, a great event, and it is something to... Uh, discuss and talk about, but one thing I want us to remember as we go through all this, remember this, this whole week, uh, these whole lessons are designed from an apologetic standpoint. It's designed from a defense standpoint. Uh, try to, to defend. I don't believe there's anybody here, again, that we have to convince that this took place, but the whole purpose of all of this is to, to show that it is feasible, it is possible, there are evidences that this took place. Um, and I think that's a great thing to talk about. But one thing we've got to remember, it really doesn't matter how God did it, does it? We just know that He did. We just need to know that He was able. So that's one thing we need to keep in mind, I think, as we go through this, is to understand that uh, we need to be able to, I think, to defend when we're out talking about these things and people bring this up, we should be able to defend what we believe and defend it through scriptures. Now, there's a lot of things that we can imply. There's a lot of things that we can guess at, that we can say it could possibly happen this way or it could possibly happen this way. But one thing we know for sure, it happened. How, how some parts of it happened, uh, it's not recorded for us. So we just have to, to look at the different evidences, look at the different things and see how they are. But we need to be able to defend ourselves. We need to be able to talk to the world and be able to see. Now, this isn't my, I'll have to admit, this isn't my uh, expertise in some of the things that we talk about. I've, I've had to really go through some things and, and study some things and get out of my comfort zone just to be able to teach it. But it is an interesting study uh, uh, to be able to look at these things and be able to, and, and we should be able to, we should be able to look around and see evidences about us uh, uh, that prove just by going to things that we see, the tangible things, to say here is proof that this took place. Because our faith is not based on 
blind faith is based on proof. It's based on evidence. It's based on God said that it happened this way, and there's evidence to prove that it did. Like I said, there's some other things that we can say, okay, here's possibly how that took place, but we know it took place. And I, I want us to keep that at the forefront of our mind when we do. Uh, Psalms 111 in verse 2 says, The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. So tonight as we talk about this, uh, I, I want us to talk about the ark in a form of to be able to talk to the skeptics when the skeptics say, well, this isn't possible or it wasn't possible this way, there should be evidences that we can go to to say, yeah, there is. There is things in which we can show you to show that this was possible. So as we go through specifically talking about the ark tonight, uh, I hope there's some things that we can talk about that could help us do that. Now, first, when we look at the design of the ark, um, when we think about the ark and we think about how it was designed, how it was uh, uh, brought about, what God said, we talked about these verses, uh, I think it was a couple nights ago. He says, make sure an ark of, uh, make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, cover it inside and out with pitch, and this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark. You shall finish it to a cubit from above and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. So if we look at this, there's some things that we can deduce. There's some things that we can say, okay, this is how it was done from reading these things, the instructions in which God gave uh, Noah. The ark was to be just, uh, constructed of gopher wood. Now, exactly what gopher wood was, I don't know. Uh, uh, no one knows. And I think some of this, you know, as you get to thinking about it and studying it, I think some of this is by design. There's some things in which uh, uh, God used, materials that he wanted uh, um, Noah to use that's not going to be able to be replicated. You can guess of it. You can uh, uh, look at it and say, oh, I, I think it was this or I think it was that. I think there's some reasons why uh, God had him to use the things in which he used. It was to measure 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high, with an 18-inch cubit that's 450 by 75 by 45 feet. And if you take a cubic, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, they measured a cubic from your elbow to the tip of your finger. So depending on the person doing the measurement is really going to depend on the size of the ark. And that could vary a lot, but this is just if you take a standard 18-inch uh, uh, measurement as a cubic, that's what we see the ark would be. Uh, the deck, uh, three decks with rooms. You have uh, covered in pitch inside and out, and you have one door in the side of the ark itself. Um, now, as you go through these instructions, you may think, well, why was God so specific? I don't know why he was so specific. He had in mind what he needed to have for the animals that he wanted in there to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish and the size and how things were done was for those purposes. Remember we talked about last night with Noah about following instructions, about being able to follow it to the letter. These things here, I, I don't know. What if Noah, what if his daughter-in-laws come up and said, you know, I think it'd look a lot better if we put windows over here. Or I think it'd look better if we had three or four doors. 
And I really think we need our own suite over here on this. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened with that. Noah may have had to say, no, we're doing it exactly this way because God said to do it that way. And I think there was a reason and there was a purpose for it. One opening, a window at the top, uh, and a covering awning over that opening. So we see all of these instructions when it comes to the ark and all these dimensions. So what you have is... Uh, an ark that would look like this. Again, it really depends upon how you measure a cubic. Uh, of course, it was standard from your elbow to the tip of your finger. So depending on the size of the person that actually uh, measured that was be the exact uh, figures. But again, if you use the standard 18-inch, uh, that's what you would get. Now, there's some other relative facts with this because there's, there's several things that's left out. There's your general instructions, but there's some things that are left out. Uh, when, when individuals say, well, could he, could he do it? Could he do these things? There's evidence that shows that, especially before the flood, individuals had better health, uh, increased strength, a, a mental acuity that was much better, longer life during that time. There's a lot longer lifespan before the flood than there was after the flood. So if we take some of these things into account, see, we want to picture it, everything was like we see it today. Individuals were just like we were, you know, but you've got to look from the time of creation to the time of now What's took place after Adam and Eve remember God said you will surely die. Did they die in that moment? They didn't die in that moment But there's a lot of things through process of time where we have diseases now We have a lot of different things now to where our health and, and the way that we are is not like it was before the flood so we, we can't say that individuals were exactly like we were. I don't know for sure how they were. There's some evidences of individuals in which they found uh, different fossil records and skulls and things to where they said, okay, here's what individuals were, uh, depending on what scientists you talk to, whether they think it was a million years ago or they thought it was during the time of, of the flood of Noah. But again, uh, individuals were more than likely a lot different than they are today. Availability of metal and tools and hardware. There were, they had the ability to make tools to be able to accomplish it. So there's some things in which we don't see in Scripture other than we know that they existed at that time. We're going to talk about this in a, in a few, uh, few minutes, so we won't go in depth there. He had a, approximately 120 years to work on the ark according to Scripture. So it ain't like he had to have it done tomorrow. So when we go in and talk about how these skeptics will say, well, it wasn't possible to build an ark that size, or it wasn't possible to do it that way, we've got to understand that there was differences there in which uh, would have made it possible at that time to be able to do it. So how do you handle the skeptics? Uh, when... When individuals come and ask, or come and just make statements, well, it wasn't possible. It wasn't possible. That, a, a ship like that, that size, they, they, they couldn't build it. Uh, they couldn't build it in a, a reasonable time frame. It wouldn't withstand. Uh, it wouldn't float anyway. So there's a lot of things that individuals say. What would we say to that? Just say, well, God said it, and that, that just settles it. Well, that should be enough. It, it, it's enough for uh, Christians but it's not enough for the skeptics in the world. So what do we do? You've got the first objection. How could unintelligent, incapable amateurs build a seaworthy vessel of that size 
in that amount of time. So you've got to remember, most skeptics believe during especially that time, you're dealing with individuals that the men just come out of the cave grunting, you know, knocking an animal over the head, grabbing a, a woman by the hair, dragging them both back to the cave. That's how they picture that. So when you, you start thinking about doing something that uh, requires some thinking, doing something that requires uh, some intelligence to be able to pull that off, they can't fathom that. They can't fathom that, you know, someone that's not a prehistoric build, uh, uh, person, you know, back in the caveman age, they couldn't imagine something like that uh, being built. So how do we answer this? Well... Were they really incapable? Were they really unintelligent? Let's look at a few things considered that. Um, this is what the skeptics say man started from. You know, you get down in like your eight-like figure, then after so long and so long, then you get up to be a man. So they're saying if you're down in this part, there's no way someone like that, that kind of creature, uh, uh, would be able to build an ark with that dimensions, that size, because that would require some thinking, and there's a lot of grunting and things going on there. They wouldn't, didn't even have language. You know, so you have that in mind. It's hard for them to believe that something like the ark could be built. But what does the scripture say? Notice from Genesis 4, civilizations, cities were being built. I can't even talk tonight. Uh, 4 and 17, remember when Cain, when he was cursed and he had to leave, he went and, and met a wife, they started having children, it said he built a city. didn't say he built a dwelling. It didn't say that he built some little tent out of sticks, some lean tool for them to go on. didn't say he went in a cave and found the perfect cave to live in. He built a city. You don't think that took intelligence? You don't think that took ability? You don't think that took some, some uh, being able to uh, perform those kind of things and build that? They were able to do that. This is before the flood. This is, this is when you know, Cain was, was expelled out after he killed Abel. It said he went and he built a city. So how can you say they're not intelligent? Agriculture was being conducted. Remember Genesis 4, 2? Uh, Abel, what did he do? Ten sheep? What did Cain do? Tilled the ground, didn't he? So you had agriculture being, you had someone that was smart enough to be able to tend flocks, you had someone smart enough to grow vegetables, you had someone smart enough to till the land. They had intelligence, they just wasn't walking around and tackling some caribou out there somewhere or something and eating it raw. But that's what the skeptics would have you to believe. They would say they're not intelligent enough to do this, they're not capable enough to do this, all they are is walking around on their knuckles and grunting. But the Bible tells us different. See, we don't think of it in terms. Sometimes we think in the back of our heads because maybe that's what we've been taught from an early age that we hear around us. We think of cavemen. We think of the unintelligent. We think of you know the long hair, the long beards, and just walking around with a club. Uh, that's what we may think too sometimes in the back of our minds. We don't like to say it, but maybe that's what we think. But the Bible tells us a totally different story. Musical instruments were designed and built. Uh, in uh, Genesis 4 and 21, you had Jubal, which was a descendant of Cain. Said he was the father of the flute and of the harp. You had them to be able to invent musical instruments and be able to play them. That takes some intelligence to do that. I can't do it. 
So I must, I don't, I don't know, I'm not able to do that. I couldn't invent something. I could make some sounds on something. I could tap on something. But it says here that Jubal was, uh, uh, was an instructor or was the father of musical instruments. Then you had a bronze and metal worker in uh, uh, Tubal Cain, which was Jubal's half-brother, another descendant of Cain. Uh, he was an instructor of bronze and metal. So there was actually bronze and metal works being done there. So when Noah and ever how he accomplished building that ark, he could have had tools to be made for that out of bronze and metal, out of iron. There was an iron worker. So to say that they wasn't intelligent, see, I think that's, I'll be honest, until I really got to studying this, I passed over that when I read about that. You know, you go and you read about the creation week, you read about Adam and Eve, you get into Cain and Abel, and then into Seth, the descendants, then you get into what Cain did and some of his descendants, we just move on from it, because it's in the begats. <laughs> you know, so-and-so, he begat this, and this is what he did, this is what... We don't think about what they did, we don't think about the, the intelligence. Now, was it a different kind of intelligence? We, we think of ourselves today as very intelligent, but it's, it, it's on computers, it's, it's technology. You think of the things in which they did, it, it, it's like the old saying of work smarter, not harder. And I believe they invented ways and, and did things in which they could accomplish that. They had a goal to accomplish. Remember we talked about Noah going out there and just, you know, being in that, I guess, that field or that forest at the first time, and where am I going to start? Where, where am I going to start building this? Well, he already had access to tools. He had access to all these resources. So it's very possible and plausible. And matter of fact, the Bible said that it happened that they were able to do that. But yet we want to skip over those things, or the skeptics want to skip over those things. Were they amateurs? You have individuals that will say, well, okay, they may have the intelligence, they may have the capability of doing it, but they were just amateurs. They didn't know what they were doing. Remember, it hadn't flooded before. God just now told Noah about this. So Noah's having to get all this together for the first time. So they were amateurs in doing it. Even if you had the intelligence, you're, you're still an amateur. It's going to take years to be able to do something like this. Well, let's look at that and see how we can prove that. One of the things that they talked about was concerning shipbuilding. Now, when it comes to shipbuilding, how were they able to come up with, how were they able to do uh, what they did when it come to building the ark. Yeah, you had God's instructions, you had the things in which he said, but how was that boat going to float? Well, boats were likely constructed before the ark. And why do we say likely constructed? A couple of reasons. Genesis 2, 10 through 14 talks about the different rivers, and one of them being the river Euphrates. But if you go back to Genesis 1 and 28, Man is supposed to have dominion over the animals and over the sea creatures. How did he actually do that? How, how do you have dominion over the sea creatures if you're not around any of the, the water? Do you just swim out there and float until someone comes by and bop it on the head? It's very plausible. It it's very, could be very likely that there were already ships being constructed to navigate of, in some form to navigate through the rivers. But see, we don't want to think about that. We want to think as the ark being the first ship that has ever been built or the first vessel that goes on water that ever been built. We don't know that. that. That would be just an assumption. Now, we don't know that there was any before then, but it is plausible that they were. Based on some of the things that you get, I think we can deduce to say, okay, if this was the case, then this was a possibility. 
So to say that they were amateurs at this, I, I think is making a pretty broad leap myself. Pre-flood shipwrights were likely more accomplished, not less. If you go to Genesis 5, just think about this. If there were individuals, individuals that could build ships, individuals that could work on those and, and design those, would they really be amateurs? They say, well, it takes, it takes shipwrights years, years to, to learn their trade. Go to Genesis chapter 5. How long do you think they had? Would you be an amateur if you studied it, say, for 50 years? Or would you be an amateur if you studied it for 500 years? Very well could. Look how long they lived in Genesis chapter 5. So in living, you know, if you, if you lived that long, they, 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 you measured a man's life then, a, a human's life then, not by decades, but by centuries. So if, if you had a particular field, whether it was ironwork, whether it was making instruments of music, or whether it was building a ship, you had years to craft your, your trade, wouldn't you? So to say that they didn't have the ability to do it's one thing, but to say they were amateurs at doing it is something totally different too. They had plenty of time to be able to learn that trade. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, Noah may have been a shipwright by trade. Does anybody know what his, his profession was? He was a just man. He walked with God. We know that. He was perfect in his generation. What did he do for a living? I don't know what he did for a living. But let's think about it in these terms. When we think about as a congregation, and we think about uh, using our talents for the Lord, you know, the Bible talks about the one-talent man, talks about two-talent man, the five-talent man, and using what talents, what abilities that we have. And God picks Noah. Did you think he just picked him just because Noah was the most faithful person that there was? Now, he was, he was faithful, he was just, he was perfect in his generation, but could he have been picked also for his ability to do what God wanted him to do? He may have the ability already to do that. You know, sometimes when I think about Noah, I think about, just like I talked about last night, you know, I think about getting out there, what am I going to do? Where am I even going to begin? He may already knew where he's going to begin or who to hire to do that. He could have hired a shipwright to, to help him with that, to be able to carry out that command, a way to expediently carry out the command in which God gave him. Now again, I'm just throwing out possibilities. There's nothing in Scripture to say this is what Noah did. This is what actually there were. They were five shipwrights in Noah's, uh, uh, Noah's area at that time. The Bible doesn't say that. But again, you're coming from apologetics point of view. You're coming from a defense point of view. You're coming from answering the skeptics who say, okay, it couldn't possibly be done this way. Well, yeah, it could possibly be done this way because here's some evidences of why it is plausible that it was. And, and I think that's one of them. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say what Noah's profession was, but Noah very well could if someone was to say he wasn't, I could with as much confidence say that he was. They don't know him more than I do. So it is a possibility. And isn't that what we're discussing here? We know beyond a shadow of a doubt by faith that there was a flood. We know by faith that Noah built the ark. We know by faith through God's word, hearing God's word, Romans 10, 17, that he gave the dimensions, here's how he did it. With that faith... With God's Word, I think there's things that we could put together with other evidences to say, okay, here's maybe how that was carried out. 
Here's how it was possible that it was carried out. So you've got faith that it was, and then you've got some possibilities of how it was done. You put those together, you've got some pretty good percentages. What are they going to say? Oh, no, it wasn't. Here's the proof that it wasn't. Where's the proof that it wasn't that way? But here's some evidences where it could possibly be that way, and I think that's what we're discussing anyway. Noah may have hired someone to help. We talked about this for a couple nights. Sometimes we think about Noah doing this by himself. Noah, I think, could have had enough intelligence, one, to be able to plan it out and know who he... He may say, hey, I know some, some loggers over here. I, I, hey, I, I know someone who works for iron that could make us some tools for this specific job. He may have went to him and say, here, here's what I've got to accomplish. Make me a tool to accomplish that. And over here, I need somebody to be able to do this part. I need somebody to work on this area. Just like today, when, when you have a contractor building a house, what you do? He gets framers, come in, frame it. He gets, you know, somebody comes, a customer comes and says, okay, I want a house build. That person he talked about, is that the only one that builds that house? No, they, they have individuals that specifically do that part of the work and say, I've got somebody, electrician that come in, I've got a plumber that come in, I've got... I'm not saying that's what Noah did, but it's possible that he did it. It's possible that those individuals who uh, were around at that time had specific talents that Noah utilized in some form or fashion. So he could have had help. But one thing we've got to remember, he had the ultimate help. God helped him. God instructed him. I don't know what other instructions that God gave him. It really doesn't matter. Which, which matters more when it comes to our salvation? Think about it. When you go to Peter, and Peter talks about uh, comparing the flood and the waters of the flood and Noah and his family being saved, and he starts talking about that with baptism, how in the same way we do that. That's what, he, that's what the Scriptures discuss, isn't it? That comparison of how that took place. It didn't say, well, because Noah did this and hired out this help and did this, or Noah did it this way. It doesn't say it on that. There's a lot of things, again, we don't know. But one thing we do know is the ultimate is God helped him do it. And believe me, if God did creation, do we believe that he did? That he created everything? That he spoke it into existence? And we think he can't do the ark? He can't make sure that the ark is done what he needed? Do you think when he told Noah when, you know, to build that ark in the dimensions, did God already know how many animals were going to be on there? God already know the people that were going to be on there. God already knew how much food they were going to have to have, what was going to happen. He, he already knew that. So the size of the ark was exactly what God needed it to be, ever how long that cubit was, right? So that's what we've got to understand. And I want us to always understand. Sometimes we can get bogged down in the, the what ifs. And, and I hope during this, even in this defense of this, we don't get bogged down in that. We're just wanting to say, hey, you know, this could be a possibility. This could be. That's one thing I liked about the ark, uh, the recreation of the ark in Kentucky. I like going that. It didn't have to convince me that it was built. It didn't have to convince me that the flood happened. What I enjoyed and what I liked is walking in it and saying, yeah, okay, they could have done it this way. Yeah, it could have happened this way. That's how they, they, they could have done that. And that's all it was. This is, and that's what the little signs that you read says. Here's how they could have done this. 
This is one way this could do. They were just proving that the animals would fit and that it is a possibility. And that's all really you need, isn't it? How's how's the skeptic going to say, well, that's not possible? Well, they just proved it is possible, so what are you going to say now? Well, I just don't believe it happened. Well, then there you go back to Scripture. You either believe God or you don't. But ultimately, as I said, he had God's help. Seaworthy. Was it seaworthy? Skeptics will say because, uh, because of how it was made that it wouldn't last. And here's, here's their evidence. Everything I looked up, I was looking at some with, with some of the material that apologetics has and then got to looking in other things. Was it seaworthy? It all comes back to the Wyoming. Seems like every egg they got in that basket comes back to the Wyoming. And here's why. They say the Wyoming that it... It began to, the wood and everything began to twist, and it began to kind of turn, and because of that, it sunk, I think it was after 15 years. It sunk. So they're saying because of that, that the ark wouldn't last, because it because of the flood, if it was as violent as, as uh, you say it is, the wood would have twisted, and it would have never lasted. But here's the thing. Well, let's go back here just a second. You see those things there? One, two, three, four, five, six. Those six things that are on there? What goes on those poles? Sails? What was the purpose of that? Sails were to get you from one destination to another by the wind. Do you think the, the wind would be able to cause that to have a little more pressure on it to twist the wood? I think it would. Did the ark have that? ark didn't have that. You know why? The ark wasn't built to go to a destination, was it? It wasn't built for that. It was built to survive what God needed it to survive. took 15 years even with that for that to sink. Did the ark need to last that long? The ark didn't need to last that long. But it amazes me that some of the, some of the skeptics that have a lot of letters by their name will go to this and say, that's why the ark won't work. That's like going to the Titanic and saying, because the Titanic sink, don't need to get on any other ship because every one of them is going to sink. It'd be the same thing, wouldn't it? And I do think about that when I get on a ship, you know. If I hear music, I thought, what are they playing? Are they playing because we're going down? You know, I, I wonder that sometimes. But, because I, I, I don't trust a lot of things like that. But it, it amazes me when it comes, especially when it comes to a skeptic, when it comes to, and we've got to be careful about this too when it comes to our Christianity. We can be dogmatic on something that we don't have a leg to stand on. We need to make sure that we do have scripture to prove what we do so when we 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 put all our eggs in a basket sometime we better make sure it's the right basket but again a skeptic just needs something to fall back on and be able to say because of this then i can say this doesn't work but there's a lot of reasons why it would and here's one there's a large uh ancient vessel that was found back uh in egypt that used mortise and tenons you know what that was used for to do to keep the wood from twisting so there was the capability, there was the knowledge, even back then, to be able to build a ship, to be able to build a vessel that wouldn't twist when it comes to that. But again, we have to remember, God wasn't building this to last forever. God was building this and having no one to build this to accomplish the purpose that he did. And again, I believe it's by design. I believe it's by design that you can't really find the ark now. I believe it's because what would people do? They'd be worshiping that, wouldn't they? 
They'd be worshiping the ark. They'd be looking at it and saying, oh, it's some great thing. And it's, not, it's like people that, um, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but there's people that put a lot of stock in just wearing a cross. And what happens is people want to keep Jesus either on the cross or in the manger. They don't want him anywhere else. And that's what a lot of people that wear that cross, that's where they want to keep him, is right there on that cross. And they start worshiping that object instead of what they need to be. Yeah, the cross is important, but the fact that he he come off that cross and out of that grave, that's what really matters, isn't it? That, that's what it's based on. That's what made him different than anything else. So we've got to make sure that we don't do the same thing when it comes to this. But when, when you see this, you look and see that even when the skeptics come up with this, we can see that there's evidence to prove, okay, you say it couldn't happen because of this, we can say it did because of this. And then again, you've got, you've got the ark that wasn't made to go from one destination to the other. It wasn't made to last for years. It was made to last as long as God said it was. And that's what it was made for. So if it fell completely apart after that, did it matter? And probably it was designed to do that because it was no longer needed for that purpose. It did exactly the purpose that it was set about to do. Now, let's look at something else. Was there enough time? Uh, you, you start thinking, okay, say he had the intelligence to do it. Say that he wasn't an amateur because he had a lot of uh, 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 experience in it or somebody had a lot of experience in it over all the years. There wouldn't be enough time in which to accomplish this. Well, how long would it actually take? Would it take a long time uh, to be able to do that? Well, let's look and see. Noah alone, this is working hours, would have had 300,000 working hours if he worked six days a week. Uh, what is that? About eight hours a day, I think. Is that right? Did I add that up right? I think that's right. But roughly 300,000 uh, 300, working hours if Noah were to do it just by himself. And that's the thing. But here's the thing. Noah had three sons, didn't he? So Noah had three sons. By the time those three sons come along, and they were able to work on it the same amount of time that Noah did, if, say, he worked on it uh, uh, 365 days a year except for on Sunday, so six, just six days a week, say he did that a certain period of time, that would add him up to 900,000 working hours of what uh, it would have took to, to build that ark if he worked with that. Well, that ain't all that they had in the family. Noah had three sons and all four of their wives. Three wives and then Noah's wife. Reckon they helped any? Reckon they did anything? Reckon you seen them carrying any wood or anything on their heads in baskets or something? If they, if they helped themselves, what would it add? 1.8 million and plus working hours. What if he had other help to do that? Here's the point of this, though. The replica of the ark in Kentucky. You know how long it took them to do that? 280,000 working hours. That's how long they took to build the replica. So when we start thinking they didn't have enough time to do it, Noah had all the time in the world. All the time in the world. When you think about the time that he had, 
uh, to be able to do that. Uh, animals. When you think about another, another argument is when it comes to the animals. How could millions of animal species fit on the ark? Now here's where it gets, tri it gets tricky for me because I'm nowhere near qualified to determine every different species that they are. But it is speculated that there's over 10 million species. So they're saying, how could millions of animal species fit on the ark? You've got the size. Okay, we, we, we'll give in to the fact that, that Noah was intelligent enough to do it. We'll give in to the fact that he wasn't an amateur. We give in to the fact that he had enough time to do it. You know, he had approximately 120 years to build it. And we see the working time that it would have took. Noah had plenty of time to do it, and depending on whichever way that helped him. So now the next thing they have to fall back on is the animals. There's no way all of those animals can fit on the ark. Well, can they? Let's, let's look at this for a minute. First of all, is there a million species? Actually, it's not been determined yet if there was. But they do say that the time they catalog everything and get everything together, that they will have some 10,000 species. But let's look at something. Is that what was on the ark? Was every, does it say every species or does it say every kind? When God brought them to Noah, did, did he bring the foxes, the wolves, the jackals, the coyotes, the dogs, the dingoes, and every domestic dog that there possibly is, and then nowadays every designer dog that there possibly is? Is that what was on the ark? Or was it of the canine family that represented that eventually got down to that? So it was a kind. It, it was each family. So there didn't have to be all of those different. It doesn't say species. It says kind or family. Actually, some translations. So all it had to be is two of the canine family, not all different species within that, all different ones within it. And when you think about it, at that time, how many actually were there? So actually there's evidence to prove it wasn't millions, but actually thousands that it would be. So when, when you look at this, it depends on, again, which scientists you look at, which scientists you talk at. Everyone wants to prove their point. But when you read the Bible, what does the Bible say? It doesn't say species, it says kind. And some translation says family. So when you look at that, it didn't have to be all of this, it just had to be two of that family. Now, the ark size, how do you, again, how do you fit all of those animals in with the size that the ark was? Well, one thing I think we have to realize is look at this. You've got a, a family house there, and you've got a tornado shelter. So that family that lives in that house, what happens when a storm comes, a tornado comes? Do they fit in this storm shelter? Same family fits in both ones, are they? But they're not designed for the same thing, and that's what individuals say. They say, you look at the National Zoo. This is one of the arguments. You look at the National Zoo, and you see all the animals they got, and the land that they got to be able to house those animals, there's no way you could take everyone that's even in that and put it in an ark. Well, which is different, the ark or the National Zoo? They're two different purposes. This, the ark is to survive in, isn't it? Did they need every space that you would need that if you were if you were just roaming around in a zoo? Well, of course not. Just like in, in your storm shelter. You don't need a storm shelter the size of your house. You need a storm shelter that's going to house your family to save you through that storm. So I think the same argument would be 
with the ark. You need just enough space to get you through the time of the storm. And God knew exactly how much that space was. I've got a little storm shelter, uh, shelter underneath, underneath the house that you crawl down in. It would be enough to fit us. You know, uh, I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want to stay there no great amount of time. I don't even want to get in there where there's a storm, but sometimes wind gets up a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll be down there. Well, I'll let, I would let the family go first, I think. I believe I would. What we would see. It depends on how big the storm is, I guess. But we understand there's different sizes, right? Because it's different purposes. And, and that's all I'm saying. You've got to use some common sense to say, what was the ark built for? When the skeptics say it wouldn't last, you know, 15 years, it wouldn't last, didn't need to. It says, well, you couldn't fit everybody in there because you need more space. You don't need to. You need just enough space to do what you have to do when you have to do it. And that's exactly what you find with here. Look at this. This give you a good example. Look at all this family and friends right here. That's how small they are compared to the ark. You know, you, you look at that and you say, uh, and look and see how big it is. And you see uh, just how, I, I tell you, it's really astonishing. If you had not been to the replica, you ought to go. It, it, it's just, there, there's two things that I really enjoyed, well, three things that I really enjoyed about. One is when you first drive up and you just look at the mere size of it. That just kind of puts it in perspective. And to be able to walk in and just see how things could have been, it's just really amazing. But the other thing I like, that the Bible doesn't talk about it, but I hope there's one, is the information center. It's got a big building that says questions. You know, information center. Uh, I always said, I hope there's one there in heaven. I got a lot of questions. You know, but I, when you look at the size of it, see, we just don't really think, we think of it as terms of a cruise ship or terms of just some, this massive size, but it's the exact size that it needed to be. I don't believe it probably had one square inch more than it needed to have. God had exactly what it needed to be, and Noah did it exactly why God's, the way God said to do it, to be able to. But that kind of, I think, gives you kind of an idea of just how massive it is. Another thing, and this is a possibility, and that's why I put this up there, depending on, just say pre-flood, individuals, and there are records of, of the skulls, the, they call them the archaic uh, 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 archaic sapiens uh, that's different than the homo sapiens skull and especially the pre-flood that it's just actually bigger indicating that possibly before the flood because the, the atmosphere was different the climate, everything was different that man was bigger and, and, and more robust than they used to be if that's the case the cubit could have been bigger if a cubic, if they were big enough where a, a cubit was 25 inches it would double uh, the size of what the ark is, basically, wouldn't it? Be very close to it. So we don't know exactly what size the ark was. We could go on that, but it could have been much bigger. Or they could have been they could have found the smallest feller that they could, and it could have been a little smaller. But we do know it was exactly what God intended to be. But to be able to say this is the exact size, we would just have to guess, because do you know exactly what a cubic is? You know, a cubit it could be anywhere from 18 inches to 25 inches. We don't know for sure. So that would drastically change what the size of the ark is, wouldn't it? So again, another possibility of how everything fit that God made fit. 
All right. Animal size. Do we actually know what size the animals were? I, I don't think the Bible tells us. But take, for example, you've got an adult African elephant, 13 feet tall, weighs up to 14,000 pounds, can keep, eat up to 600 pounds of food per day, can drink up to 50 to 60 gallons of water today, a day. So you figure an adult uh, uh, animal, all that it eats, all the waste that's there, all that it drinks, all the space that it would take up, is it plausible that they used younger animals that were smaller? A small one's only four to five feet tall, weighs about 1,000 pounds, eats about 5% of, uh, of its weight each day. There's a big difference in that, wouldn't it? If they used younger animals that were smaller, that would take up less space, that would be less food to have. There, there's there's possible to say that God said, okay, I'm going to bring the biggest animals of each kind that there is, and I'm bringing them to you, Noah. Didn't say that, did it? I don't know what size they were. But I think it's just as plausible to say it was this size as it was that size. So there's another way of saying, okay, here's how that could work. Here's how that could fit there. Now, the application of this. We, we said all of that, what does that really matter? What does that amount to? That amounts to be able to sit around the dinner table, be at work, and somebody says something, you can say, I've got an answer for that. Here's how that could possibly be. Go home chew on that for a while. That gives you something to say when it comes to that. But what about some application? Some comparisons. When you think about the ark itself and you think about what took place, what are some things that the Bible tells us that we can learn? When it comes to the ark, we see Hebrews 11 and 7 where you see what Noah did, that Noah followed God, that, that you know, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How, how Noah built the ark exactly like God said and he took... He, the faith that he had, the evidence that he had, was that God said to do it. And there's things that Noah, I'm sure, doubted, but one thing we can learn and we can apply is God said, going to build an ark to save your house. Well, Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18, he's going to build his church, didn't he? So if he's going to build his church, salvation is only found in his church. That, that's what, you, you start seeing what he did. It, it, it was not only that he saved Noah and he destroyed the world because of all the evil is in it. It's that comparison, it's, it's that example for us. If we're going to be saved, we have to do what Noah did. We have, to be, we have to be in that establishment, in that vessel that God says for us to be in to be saved. For Noah and his family, it was the ark. For us, it's the church. And to get into there... We have to do exactly what he says to do. If we don't do exactly what he says to do, we're not going to make it. The door, Genesis 6 and 16, there's only one door. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I'm the way, truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. So just like the ark, God shut the ark. God determined who was in there. God shut up the ark. The same thing with the church. There's only one door, that's Jesus. He determines how we get there, and he says there's no other way but that one door. No other way. And God's in charge of that door. He, he tells us this is the way for it. Jesus said, I'm the only way. There's no other way. You can't crawl in through that window. There's only one door. So there's their comparison. The water, 1 Peter 3, 20, 21, Romans 6 and 3, uh, Galatians 3, 27, Hebrews 2, 3, all compare the floodwaters just as water saved Noah and his family and condemned the world, the same thing baptism does for us. 
It saves us, but it condemns the world because the world looks at it and says, I don't need that. I don't want that. But that's what saves us. You think about water today. Can we survive without water? Can't survive without water. You've got to have water. But can water be deadly and kill you? Absolutely it can. The same thing with the flood water. Same thing with baptism. It condemns. It can either save or it condemns. So when you think about all the things that we can study when it comes to the ark, and we can talk about a lot, and I, I left out a lot of things. Of I had a bunch of notes of things I researched, but it, that kind of stuff's really not my cup of tea. I, I, I don't good, do good studying it, and I sure won't do good presenting it. So, and all of it is just possibilities anyway. So I tried to narrow it down on my level to say, okay, here's some things that are plausible. Here's some things that could happen. But when it comes to these things, we can look at it and say, that's why. That's how it applies to me today. Because any kind of, anytime you hear a lesson, you, you can talk about principle, you can talk about all these things, unless there's any application to our lives, to how we can do better in what we're doing, how does it help us? What does it do for us? Good to study, but I want to do better, don't you? I want to be able to serve God the best that I can. And here's the ways in which we do it. So when it comes to these things, I hope when you're thinking about the ark and you're studying the ark, it's fine to get into all of these things. Apologetics is a great thing. That's why we have a lectureship every year here. I, I think we should know how to give an answer for, for what we believe and why we believe it, both through Scripture and evidences that we see throughout uh, uh, the tangible things that we see about us. But don't ever forget the real reason for it. The real reason is God was behind it. He had a purpose for it. And that purpose still applies for us today. God's always had, you know, you think about, you know, people look at the Old Testament as plan A, the New Testament as plan B. There's a lot of changes that was made in the middle of that. God's always had a plan A. He's never had a plan B. And he's, he's had individuals to serve him the same way from the beginning. It's obedience. Now, he may require different things at different times, but he's always required obedience. That's never changed. And I think a good example of that is, is the ark. It proves so much about our faith, just about how Noah did it, what Noah did, being able to accomplish what he did. You know, we look at it and say, why do I follow God? Why does he have me to have these kind of instructions? Because they're for our benefit. They may not seem like they have a purpose, but they do. And there may be seem, seem like there's a great feat that God wants me to do that I feel like I can't accomplish it. You know what he says? Well, you don't have to do it by yourself. You've got a lot of people, brothers and sisters in Christ, that can help you do that. So to think Noah didn't do that, I think is kind of, uh, kind of a shame that people think that. Because what we can do is think about that in our Christian life, think we have to do it by ourselves. We have a lot of help, a lot of encouragement, and I hope that we use that. So I hope that tonight was beneficial to you, and I hope I didn't muddy the waters up too bad. Did the best I could. Thank you for listening.